Welcome to the Word Bible Study with Pastor Dan. Yeah, and I'm excited for everyone who decided to have a Bible study with me today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, touch our hearts and minds today, God. Allow your message to flow through us like empty vessels for your good work, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We thank you for giving us your message and being with us today and spending time with us, Lord. We love being in your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Brother Travis is going to bless us with the message today. I'm excited about it. We're going to tag team it. Again, you get two for the price of one today. <laughs> We're going to be talking about the fear of the Lord and the reassurance of mercy. Amen. So I, I, me, you know, Travis was the fire in my engine to get this whole Bible study going. Travis was the one that pushed me and was like, Dan, we need to go teach Bible studies. So it means a lot for me to have him up here with us today. Amen. But go ahead and tell them what you, what God put on your heart to talk about today. Uh, it's basically what God has been talking about is in the world that we're living in today is they don't have the fear of the Lord. At all. And I've lived there. We've all, I've been there in my life where I didn't even understand what that was. And we're in a place today where people need to come into repentance and to accept Jesus to receive mercy. Yes, there's, there's going to be a great and terrible day of the Lord one day. And so we're going to dive into that and, yes. and learn how to receive Jesus to get away from that because it's not nothing that anybody wants amen so we're we're gonna start in proverbs 1 verse 7 just one little verse here but i think it starts us on the right path the fear of the lord is the foundation of true knowledge but fools despise wisdom and discipline It's funny how that links wisdom and discipline. The two have to go hand in hand. We don't, why do we spank our children? We don't spank our children because we're happy to cause pain. Right. <laughs> That's not why we spank our children. We spank our children to teach them a lesson. That's right. With that discipline comes wisdom. It comes self-control. Yes. And they learn, they learn, okay, I better not do that again. <laughs> right. Even though they might do it again and again. <laughs> and sometimes it takes a couple of lessons for us to get through, which is why we're living a life right now where we get to experience God's mercy and God's grace, and he's not holding us accountable right now. We're not being punished immediately every time we do something wrong. This is our learning experience with the Lord. But this learning experience is to teach us fear of the Lord. The angels that fell. So this is really good. Uh, one of the things God really was showing me was how holy he is. And uh, I never really understand holiness. And until uh, a buddy at work we were witnessing to had uh, said why... He was questioning why does God uh, treat all sin the same? Like why is a murderer and a thief in the same category? And I didn't have an answer at the time. So I went home and I just prayed about it. And 
nothing really happened right away, but the next day, God had showed me. He brought me into, uh, started talking about how he's holy. And, and uh, when Moses went up in the mountain and they created a barrier and, and he said, the, God told him, don't go outside that barrier or else his spirit's going to start breaking out, killing people. And I thought to myself, well, they're not all rapists and murderers. What, even, it even says the priests need to purify themselves before they can even get in his presence or he'll kill them. And, uh, and, uh, and it's, or they'll die. It doesn't say they'll kill them, but they'll die. Right. And it, I was really just wondering. I'm like, okay, well, why is that? And, uh, and God had hit me. Even the animals. It said keep the animals away from yes. them. Even if an animal comes close to them, it's going to die. Because God is holy. And, and he, there's a holy standard. Imagine it's a line, a holy line. And it can't bend and it can't break and it can't compromise. So the Holy Spirit can't do what we do. We can say, oh, he's just a lying thief. Don't mind him. He's just a lying thief, but it's okay. The Holy Spirit can't do that. It just knows unholy. That is not holy. So therefore, when they, these things were happening, when they got close to the holiest of holies, they would just drop dead because there was unholiness in them. And that's how powerful God is. His holiness is unwavering. He, he can't be tempted with evil or anything like that. He, he, he'll never tell a lie. He can't even do it. So that's where the fear of the Lord really comes in is he is holy. And we're going to read about that a little bit right here in Exodus chapter 20, starting in verse 18. This is right after God's telling them all, stay away from the mountain. Don't let the animals come close. Don't let the priests come close. Only if you're purified. This is why. And, you know, this all ties in with the priests. When the priests went into the holiest of holies, if they were, had any impurity in them, they dropped dead. And they had a rope tied around them where they dragged their dead body back out of that holiest of holies. Now, this was a priest who's serving in God's temple. He's doing sacrifices for people. He's helping people understand the word of God. He's serving in the kingdom. But when he finds himself in the holiest of holies, he's still not quite good enough. And when he's not, it, it, the, the, the wrath of God is unleashed even it's not even like it's the wrath of god that's unleashed it's like the purity of god destroys the unpurity yes that's that's a very good way to that's put the it best way to so here we go verse 18 when the people heard the thunder and the loud blast of the ram's horn and when they saw the flashes of lightning and the smoke billowing from the mountain they stood at a distance and tremble with fear. They tremble with fear. Talk a little bit about trembling mm. with fear. <laughs> oh man, it's deep. You know, me and my wife were asking God, what's it mean to tremble before him? And not that, you know, I knew what it was to be in his presence and to shake and, and, and to just be, you know, weeping. But, you know, you always hear tremble before the Lord. I'm like, well, Lord, what is that? Well, you know, sometimes you got to be careful what you ask for. And, you know, and that's when God really showed me he's holy. You know, and, and there was some sin in my life that I hadn't rooted out. And the Holy Spirit rooted it out. And, 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 he, and I trembled before him in fear because, you know, it's, it's, he exposes. When you, the closer you get to God, the more he exposes sin in your life. And uh, and that's when you start trembling before the Lord because you know you got something in you that's got to come out. That's literally why in the tabernacle, the outside layer of the tabernacle was pure white. 
They had to keep it pure white because as you approached God's temple, it showed you how dirty you were. You would look at this white linen and see how pure and majestic it is. And then you would look at your own body and see the dirt on you. They'd walk all the way through the desert to get to the tabernacle and they would be covered. And it showed you, you're never going to be good enough to enter into this on your own. You'll never be able to clean yourself good enough to be this pure and this holy. But, and then said to Moses, and then they said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but don't let God speak directly to us or we will die. So once they saw God's majesty, they were like, we, we can't be here. We can't be on this. Like, this is too powerful. This is too amazing. This is too holy. They fell on their faces and pretended to be dead. Every time God shows up, people tremble. When angels showed up, people tried to worship them. They were so majestic and crazy and holy that they were like, are you God? We're going to worship you. And the angels had to stop them and say, no, 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 no. This is, not, this is a glimpse of the glory. You don't even understand the ultimate glory. That's exactly why when Adam fell, God distanced himself from Adam. As Adam disobeyed God and grew corruption in his heart, that God's presence had to leave the garden. Is there ever something that's positive, like reference how angels look? How angels look? It de definitely references the fact that he, angels can put on human form. It definitely references that. There's but there are, the, the, when, when you use the word angel, that's a big term. Yeah. That's a heavenly, heavenly host. Heavenly being, yeah. Yeah, it's, a he, it's anything that comes from heaven. But we know in the Bible there are, there are archangels. We know there are cherubim. There, there are a lot of, yeah, yes. There's a lot of different types of angels. And they look differently. Like, Some look like animals with human, yeah. humanoid the bodies. Says, you know. The Bible says we can entertain angels unaware. And not even know. Yes. So that means we wouldn't recognize it. Yeah. That's why we, we should be cool. walking amongst us and you don't even know it sometimes. Right. This one lady at this church I used to know, she said she was a friend and she was in Kroger and she was shopping for Right. And we've heard of accounts of that a lot. And angels serve a purpose. Angels are here to help us achieve God's plan on earth. Amen. So they're they're a powerful thing. But again, that's a small glimpse of the glory and the power of God. That's why the fear of the Lord, we've been veiled. When Moses came down from the mountain, they, were, they made him put a veil over his face because his face glued just from being in the glory of God. And they were like, veil that. We can't take that. We, don't wanna, we, we can't handle that at this point in time. But that veil was stopping them from fearing God and acknowledging God the way God is. That's why in the end, God rips the veil in the, in the temple in half. Because we should experience God's glory. But with that, we've got to be walking in God's mercy. God's mercy is the only thing that protects us from that 
power of God. Well, it brings you back to grace. Yes. Mercy brings you back to grace. It's funny. That's why we named it Fear of the Lord and the Reassurance of Mercy. Because both of them walk, work hand in hand. You, you, you need mercy so you can be in God's presence. But the fear of the Lord is what keeps you from abusing God's mercy. Amen. You're not going to abuse God's mercy when you understand God's power. Because God's mercy is the only reason you have a chance to stand in his presence. You know, I've learned that firsthand. You know, there was a point in my life where I was abusing God's mercy, and I, I wasn't meaning to. That wasn't my intention, but I was not growing and learning, and I wasn't trying to get closer to Him. You know, and, and in, in my process of getting closer to Him, I was bound up in some sin, and you know, and God, that's one of the things He revealed to me it was the fear of the Lord. It's, you know, uh, I needed that. <laughs> you know, some people do. And the Holy Ghost is right on track with the word here. The next scripture says, Don't be afraid, Moses answered them. For God has come in this way to test you. And so that your fear of him will keep you from sinning. And the people stood at a distance and Moses approached the dark cloud where God was. Moses understood it, so he got to go into the presence. He understands. Like, you know what, guys? We don't have to be scared of the Lord and the fact that we can't approach him because we understand we have mercy. The fear of the Lord also can be a, a, a harmful thing in people's life. You'll tell people to come to church, and they're afraid to go to church. because, And it's not because they say, oh, you know what? It's funny. They say, oh, lightning will strike me down. Ooh, that's powerful after that scripture we just read. Yep. But right here, when they came to the mountain, lightning did strike. The sky did turn black. Things were terrible around them. They're not wrong by thinking if I go into the presence of the Lord, I could die. That fear of the Lord is true there. But they don't understand mercy. And if they understand mercy... They'll be like Moses. They'll climb that mountain into the, into the clouds. They're, they're okay with going into the presence of God because I understand God's mercy. I understand how much God loves me. But in the middle of me understanding all of that, I cannot lose my fear for him or else I will fall into sin. That's what he says. Fear is also used as... Um not only being in the fear of God, but reverence. Yes, yes. It's a reverence. Because that's exactly what it is when you're in mercy. If I'm in mercy, this fear takes on a little bit of a different characteristic. It's no longer a fear like I want to crawl underneath my bed and pull the covers over my head. Now it's a reverence and a respect for what God has done in my life. I'm, I'm in reverence of him because his mercy codes me with a protection. That doesn't kill me when I stand in his presence. Amen. And I mean, there's even, we'll get into that later, but when Jesus tore the veil, when Jesus died, that really opened up uh, a whole new avenue for God to invade sinners. Because it used to be you died. Now it's you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and be cleansed. There, there, that's when Jesus took on all the sin of the world and became sin. He made it possible to be able to be cleansed by God and to be walk in his presence as a sinner and, and work out your salvation instead of 
the complete opposite. Like you messed up and you're done. You know, and that's it. You know, praise God for that. That we're in a new covenant. Right. right. Amen. Let's go to Job chapter 2, verse 3. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless. A man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. And he has maintained his integrity even though you urged me to harm him without cause. So this is after the first time that Satan had already attacked him. Satan had already attacked Job. He already caused problems in his life. He hadn't actually affected his skin yet, but he already had messed up his life. And here he is standing before the Lord, and the Lord says, Have you noticed him? He still holds on to his integrity, and he hasn't sinned. And he says, Why? Is because of the fear of the Lord. Very good. Let's go to Psalms 111. Mm -mm -mm. That's good. I know this, this Bible study is great. I love, I love to see how powerful and amazing God is and how far he's gone out of his way just to be in our presence. Because you think about that. Like, as we were talking about his great majesty, like it would destroy us if he came into our presence. So he literally had to send his son to die on a cross and go through all of that and become sin so that we can enter back into his yeah. presence. And, uh, you know, it really makes sense where, where, where it says we were bought with a heavy price. And that really makes sense now when you dig and, you, and the holiest of holies took on sin. And became sin so that he could do that. And it's like that price was so heavy for God. And uh, we can't, I don't even think we can really fully understand the ramifications of how that affected him. Because, you know, the, what happened, the earth shook and, I mean, the graves opened yeah. and people returned. Yeah, it was a big deal. And he did that for us so that we could be saved, so that people could be saved right. in our relationship with him. Thank because it wasn't, it wasn't God who caused us. To distance ourselves from him. That's right. God never wanted Adam to distance himself. He wanted us to stay in the garden. He wanted us to be in his presence. But it was Adam's decisions that caused this chasm between us and God. It's really powerful how God views that as we're not the problem. This is the problem. The chasm in between us is the actual problem. That's what I want to eliminate. Without eliminating his own glory. Without eliminating who he is. Wow, that's good. Psalms 111 says, we're going to read the whole, the whole, it's only 10 verses. Praise the Lord. I will thank the Lord with all my heart as I meet with his godly people. Amen. Every time I go to church. How amazing are the deeds of the Lord. All who delight in him should pot. All who delight in him should ponder them. Oh, his amazing deeds. All who delight in him should ponder these amazing deeds. Everything he does reveals his glory and majesty. His righteousness never fails. 
He causes us to remember his wonderful works, how gracious and merciful is our Lord. He gives food to those who fear him. <laughs> he always remembers his covenant. He has shown his great power to his people by giving them the lands of other nations. All he does is just and good, and all his commandments are trustworthy. They are forever true to be obeyed faithfully and with integrity. Mm. Why is that? Why is that so important? Why is it so important that we obey the laws of God? What do you think? Why? Is it because, is it because God just wants to prove he's God? Is that how he is? He's up there on a, on a big trip. Let me show you guys who I am. Is that why we tell our kids what we want them to do? He wants us to be like yeah, it's for our own good. God, I don't tell my kid to go clean his room and straighten up because I want to prove that I'm his dad. I'm already his dad. God's already God. He's already got glory and majesty and power in heaven. He, he didn't need human beings. That wasn't the point of it all. So every command he gives us is for our own good. But how many times do we go up to somebody and we give them good advice... And they throw it out the window. Because they don't respect the person giving them the advice. Wow. I speak, I'm like, hey, just to let you know, you do that the right way, you're not going to have a problem. It took me about six months at work to get these guys to respect me. To where now when I tell them, if you do this job this way, you'll be good. And now they go, all right. Dan wouldn't lie to me. They, I, I respect him for what he's saying. It's the same thing with God. If there's no fear of God in our life, then we're not going to obey his commands. There's no point. But when I understand and I fear who he is, then I know when he tells me to do something, there's nothing else on earth I should be more worried about. There's nothing else on earth I should be more concerned about than making sure that I'm doing what God's telling me to do. Wow. Amen. <laughs> he had paid a full ransom for his people. He has guaranteed his covenant with them forever. What a holy, awe-inspiring name he has. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. All who obey his commandments will grow in wisdom. Thank you, Jesus. Praise him forever. Thank you, Lord. Oh, man. It's a little understated right there. <laughs> it's a little understated. It's part about that. Right. State it for us. If he's got this plan laid out before you, you veer off that path. You're going to have to learn it the hard way. Yeah. You're going to have to come back and look at it back. Like, all right, I'm at the end result. He told me to take a left. I took the right because I thought it was going to be the shortcut. But in all reality, it sent me downtown, sent me through the city, made me do a loop on the highway. And then I got back to where I was. If I would have just obeyed God and made that left. I would have had, I would have, I would have gotten there so much quicker. Yeah. I would have gotten there so much easier. I would have had a flat tire. Rerouting, rerouting, rerouting. You save yourself a lot of grief. It goes in coordination with the faith. If you keep 
keep your faith in God, you know He's not going to lead you astray. Right. So why are you going to disobey Him? Because, you're, because your knowledge? Because of your knowledge, you don't think so? You end up in the wilderness for 40 years. You end up wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. Or, or even worse, you get turned over to a reprobate mind, depending on how disobedient you are. Right. Become like a beast running around in a field. I mean, our wills can lead us into some pretty dark stuff. Amen. When we're not falling, I mean, there's times where I go into church, man, and I just had a week, and I just, I give, I pour it all out, because I'm like, Lord, I need you to take what I've done. I mean, just my, my life in general is hard, because, you know, work and the kids, and, and, I, and I'm, a, I'm trying, chasing my will. Not that I want to, I want his will, but my right. flesh is fighting it constantly. That's why I'm always going to the altar asking God to help me stay on his path. Right, amen. You know, and I'm falling at his feet. Because I know he's the only one that can take me there. So I can't even take myself there. Why did they wander in the desert for 40 years, guys? Why? Remember, there was a reason. They showed up at the border. Why did they not go in? Because they were afraid. Because of fear. What were they afraid of? They were afraid of the people that were on that land. They were afraid of the giants in the land. They were more afraid of the giants in the land than the giant who told them to go into the land. That's right. Let alone did they know they were gentle giants with milk and honey already ready for them. Right. They were sitting there ready to party with them and then they turned <laughs> to you and they're like, no, what are you going to say? What do we do? We had all this prepared for you guys. Yep. All right, well, go, go wander for 40 years, but I'm going to sit here and eat your blessing. Yep. Right now. Forty years of you wandering in the wilderness, me feeding you, me taking care of you, your clothes not wearing out, all this miraculous things, manna from the sky, water from the rock, all for them to understand that their God is more powerful than the giants in the land. If only they would have feared God more than they feared the giants, they would have ran into the land. You wouldn't have wanted to stay back there in the, where God's wrath is waiting for you. You would have ran into the land. But thank God for the reassurance of His mercy. Because instead of Him destroying them at the edge of the wilderness, He was willing to, okay, take them by the hand. Let's, take a 40 Let's year walk, walk through the wilderness <laughs> for 40 years while I prepare you and get you ready. I, you know, and how many times has he done that in my in our lives? He's done that right. in my life so many times. Yep. And he still does. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I thank you again. You know, and that's all I can say is thank you again because I need him to do that. You know, because my flesh, man, just fights all the time. I'm like, I'm so thankful for his faithfulness. Even when it's we're so unfaithful. Beyond, yes, it's so beyond our understanding. His faithfulness is, oh, just praise God. Even when we're unfaithful. He is still faithful. Amen. His right. word is always true. It's not our responsibility to win this world. It's his responsibility to That's win right. this world. He's not going to take that lightly. He ain't going to lay down. He ain't going to give up. He's faithful. What he said he's going to do is going to happen. You might as well count on it. That's right. So let's go to Genesis 22. And let's talk about Abraham. Here was God, and he tells Abraham to sacrifice his child. Why 
would God tell him to sacrifice his child? This was his promise. This was his dream. Was it to test Abraham's faith? No. He tells where his faith is. Yep. He tells where his faith is. God tested his faith when he told him he would be the father of a thousand nations or multitude of many people, whatever it is. <laughs> but that's where God tested Abraham's faith. It tells us in the Bible. Because when Abraham believed, God counted him as faithful. So that was God testing Abraham's faith. Go out and look up at the stars. That's how many descendants you'll have. Now he stepped back. Is, is he going to believe me? Is he going to believe me? And Abraham believes him. Abraham believes him. So God gives him a child. And then God says, take that child and go kill him. Go destroy your faith. I want to see if you're willing to do that for me. Why does God put him in this predicament? I, we, we, I always wonder that. Like, why does God tell him to do that? But Abraham does it. Abraham does it to the point. Pastor points out, and I love it, how he made the other men stay back at the mountain because he knew if they knew what he was going to do, he was gonna, they were going to stop him. Because what he was doing wasn't cool. It's not okay. You don't kill your children. We've taught that against paganism for years. Like, they sacrificed their children. God told them that was terrible. So why is he calling Abraham to do this? It tells us the answer in verse number 12 here. I'll start at 11 though. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Those three words will never be the same to me now. Ever since the pastor hammered those in, they'll never be the same to me. Every time I look at that, I'm going to think about his message about here I am, God. Here I am. And they said, don't lay a hand on the boy. The angel said to him. Now, this is the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament. When it says the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, she leaving. love you. See you later. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, you go do that. But uh, where it says the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament... It's usually referring to God. It's usually referring to Jesus Christ in the Old Testament if you really want to break it down, but that's a whole other Bible study. But this is God speaking to him here. And he says, Don't hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. For you have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. That was all a test to Abraham to see if he feared God. And we know in, in, in the book of Hebrews, it tells us that Abraham, he had faith that even if God killed his son, he'd raise him from the dead. That means Abraham thought he was going to kill his son. The, the, the Lord had to stop him from killing his son. And Abraham wasn't like, okay, the, the knife's going to turn to butter. No, he thought God's I'm God. laying him to rest. He understood God's power and that he could do anything. And, that, and he feared God more than he feared anything else. He feared God more than anything else. That's why the angel had to stop his arm. The angel didn't have to come down and go, okay, Abraham, you don't have to kill him. And he goes, oh, okay, cool. I wasn't really going to. That wasn't how it was. Abraham was fully committed to it. God told me to do it. 
I'm going to do it because I fear God. I want to obey every word that comes out of God's mouth. I want to have a holy reverence for God so that I can be wrapped in his mercy and I can walk in his presence and not be destroyed. Right. Oh, how much backlash would have came from him? So he put his fear over God over fear on what was actually here on earth. Yeah. Because if he would have came back after killing his son, he wasn't just a small little peasant inside of this community. He was a figure to behold. And so coming back from that and seeing what people would have wanted to do to him, what, what would have happened to his household, what would have happened to his house, what would have happened to everything else but his fear over God over of what was standing in front of him. Wow. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But that's, this was also the promise from God. Isaac was the promise. This was God's word. God said, you're going to be, the, you're going to be, you're going to be the father of many nations and it's going to come through this seed. God told him, not your, not your firstborn son, Ishmael, we're going to get rid of him. This is your seed that I'm going to bless you through. That was God's promise and God's word that God was willing to sacrifice to see how much he feared him. That goes to show us how important it is that we fear the Lord. We will sacrifice all of our promises, everything God's given us, if we're not fearing the word of the Lord. Wow, you know, this goes hand in hand with, I don't know why I just thought of Sodom and Gomorrah. When uh, the angels came down to get them out, well, they had built a house and they said, what about our nice house and all of our nice things? That's what the wife, the problem with the wife was. But in, when she turned around, they said, run and don't even look back. If she would have had the fear of the Lord in her, she never would have turned back to, to look at her things that, that she acquired. You know, that's... That was like a promise to them. They, they came there. They flourished in that city. Even they were the only good people in there. And instead of her fearing the Lord, she turned back to see and got turned into a pillar of salt. Yeah. All their promises went away in a second when they lost their fear of the Lord. Adam and Eve living in the Garden of Eden for eternity went away in a second when they stopped fearing the Lord. Wow. Our salvation, our mercy disappears if we stop fearing the Lord. It doesn't come for free. I mean, it, it costs God. It costs Him sacrificing His Son to create this mercy. We can't take it lightly. It's not something to be taken lightly. And, and we prove that we don't take it lightly by hearing and obeying the Word of God. If I hear God's commands and I don't obey them, and I keep going down the path I'm going, then I'm not giving the respect that it deserves for what he went through so that I could hear him and I could obey him. Ecclesiastes 12 and 13. This is after he has gone through everything, trying to figure out everything about life. And he can't figure anything out. And then he comes to the final end of it all. And this is Solomon, the wisest of them all. And he finally says, that's the whole story. And here now 
is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey His commands. For this is everyone's duty. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. The judgment is already set in place. Fear of the Lord is what puts you in the mercy so you're not accepting the judgment. But if you don't fear the Lord and you don't obey Him, the, the, the judgment's already there. The judgment's already there. Mm-mm-mm. That's why it will judge you in secret or what you do in secret. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're right. It doesn't you matter. Anything. You know, it really dawned on me one day out of nowhere that, you know, God is all seeing and all observing. You know, and that should scare everybody because he's just, he stands back and he watches. And he's just seeing what people are doing. Well, you know, so he knows your intentions. He knows what you're doing in secret. There's nothing you can hide from him. I mean, that, that should put a fear in us. Like, okay, God's watching. You know what I mean? It's not even like, you know, it's people don't even care that the law is watching them anymore. I mean, yeah, right. let alone if they could just imagine God's watching. Yeah. Right. It would change everything. You, you better believe if people understood that God was watching every little thing they did and they really understood it would yeah. change this world. It would change this world. I used to not think that way. I think that way now. Right. He's always going to see it. And that's why we, they went through all of this. So Moses sets up this whole covenant with them to get them to understand, guys, we have to live in the fear of the Lord. So let's go to Deuteronomy starting in 5 at verse 32. So Moses told the people, you must be careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God following his instructions in every detail. Stay on the path that the Lord your God has commanded you to follow. Then you will live long and prosperous lives in the land you're about to enter and occupy. We're promised lives of prosperity. If we're not living and obeying God's laws, we're not going to prosper. That's That's what the Bible teaches us. That, that is a sign for us that we're not doing things the way we need to be doing things. The judgment is there already. When I'm living in the fear of the Lord, I'm walking in his blessings, I'm in his favor. But the minute I step outside of that, I'm in, I'm in his curses and I'm in, I'm in his despair. Chapter 6. These are my commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord your God commands you, commanded me to teach you. God will go out of his way to make sure that Travis shows up and gets up here and teaches. (laughs) Because he wants people to know his ways. His ways are what keeps us on the right path. That's right. You must obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. And you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all of his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. 
Listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well for you, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord your God of your ancestors promised you. But all of this is based off of the fear of the Lord. You know, that's the beginning of every downfall of every society. They stop fearing God. And that's where it all goes downhill. Yep. They stop fearing God. And fear of the Lord is wisdom. Yep. So how many times do people go, well, I don't understand the will of the Lord. Well, then you're probably not fearing Him the way you should. Because if you feared Him, you'd understand. Well, it's funny how... Uh, it's funny how my kids don't understand things until I threaten them with the belt. <laughs> then all of a sudden they understand real quick. Yeah. I tell them, you guys act like that again when we get home, you're going to get it. They understand real quick. Oh, wait a minute, he doesn't want me to do that no more. But five seconds ago, you didn't understand what you were doing was bad. It goes the same way with God here. When we understand the fear of the Lord, when we, when we live in the fear of the Lord, it's easy to understand what he's telling us. Listen, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord alone. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. You know what this is? This is the Shema Israel. That's what they call this passage right here. It's the most important passage to a Hebrew ever. The Hebrews hold on to this. This is what they keep on the box on their hand. They put it on the box on their head. They hang it on their doorpost. This is the most important scripture in a true Hebrew's life. When they came to Jesus and they asked Jesus, what is the most important commandment of all? He quoted them this. Because he knew their Jewish insides would not be able to dispute it. Everything in them would have to agree with it. They cannot argue with this passage because this has been the cornerstone of everything that they stand on. Listen, O Israel. Deuteronomy 6 and 4. That's why it's called the Shema Israel. Shema Israel means listen, O Israel. Listen to this passage. This is an important passage. The Lord is your God, the Lord alone. Which, let's read it in King James. I'm murdering it in this pagan version. <laughs> Hear, O Israel, <laughs> the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. So we, we quote this all the time. I've heard this preached a thousand times. But all of that is standing on verse 2. That's not the beginning of the chapter even. Verse 2 is where he starts it all off. These, well, verse 1. These are my commands, decrees, and regulations the Lord your God is commanding you to teach. You must obey them in the land that you're about to occupy. What is it? That you and your children and your grandchildren must fear God as long as you live. If you obey His decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel. Be careful to obey. Then it will go well for you and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey just as the Lord your God to your ancestors promised. So listen, old Israel. The Lord your God is one God and you must love Him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. 
That's what the love is. Fearing God, listening to His commandments, and obeying them with fear and reverence, trembling and shaking before a holy, mighty God. That's how we express our love. With all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. Yeah, what was the, what was the fall of Satan? He didn't fear the Lord. <laughs> the fall of Lucifer was the beginning of he, he, he lost fear of the Lord. That's, that's, and he was holy at the time, wasn't he? Right. Yeah. He was in God's presence. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home, when you are on the road, when you are going to bed, when you are getting up. Tie them on your hands and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on your doorpost of your house and on your gates. That's why the Hebrews are still doing it to today. Well, they should have put in the rest of it, huh? Right. Well, that's, this is the act of this. Living in the fear of the Lord is what's going to cause you to obey His commands. Now, where they went wrong is they stopped. That's why it's so important that you, before you talk about it everywhere you go, it should always be on your mind, you know, would God approve of this? You know, and, and we're going to get into it later about, you know, the covenant of Jesus and the mercy because we have we all fallen, we've all fallen from that. Right. Everybody's fallen from the fear of the Lord at some point in their life. Amen. The Lord your God will soon bring you into a land he swore to give to you when he made a vow with your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is a land with large, prosperous cities that you did not build. How is God going to give me money? He's going to take it from the people who built it. Because they didn't live in the fear of the Lord. The houses will be richly stocked with goods you did not produce. You will draw water from cisterns you did not build. You will eat from the vineyards and the olive trees you did not plant. When you have eaten your fill in the land, be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery out of the land of Egypt. You must fear the Lord your God and serve Him. When you take an oath, you must use only his name. So he says, you must fear the Lord and obey his commands. If you do that, you're showing your love for him with all your heart, soul, and mind. And because of that, you will prosper. You will prosper. That's the promise from the Bible right here. If I obey him, I fear him, and I love him, my house will overflow with goods. I'll never go hungry. I'll always have more than enough. i always have what I need. When I find myself in a position where I'm not satisfied, we should be reflecting on our lives. Am I really fearing him? Am I really giving up everything for him? Am I really showing my love by obeying his commandments? Because if I'm doing those three things, then I should be blessed. I should have more than abundance. I should have this flowing through my life. Yeah. But I've got to be living 
in accordance with the will of God. And that's only going to happen with a true fear of the Lord. Wow. This Bible study is way bigger than I thought. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing, though. It's, 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 everything revolves around the fear of the Lord. Yep. It goes deep. Now let's go to Romans chapter 10. We're going to start at verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God for the people of Israel to be saved. I know the enthusiasm you have for God, and it is misdirected zeal. For they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. So this, this is the new covenant. This is the, isn't the word we're about yeah, to Yeah, we're in Romans, bro. So, <laughs> the Roman this rule. is the people that have forgotten to fear the Lord, have, have lost their fear of the Lord, and their misguided zeal now of trying to be right with God by obeying the law. Wow. You know, and they, they, they failed miserably, you know, many a times, but they keep trying to do something that they just can't do. This is so powerful. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. Which they couldn't even do. <laughs> for Christ has already accomplished the, the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in Him are made right with God. Mm. That's good. So they had this whole rule books of all the laws that they had to do, and as long as they did all that, well, I'm good enough. And God said, you know what? I don't like this process. So I'm going to throw it out the window. Now you're good enough if I say so. Wow. So you're going to fear me. You're going to obey my commands. You're not going to get too far away from me. You're going to have to stand next to me. You want to hear my voice. You want to follow my will. And then you'll be good enough. Because I've made the way to become right through me. Wow. Amen. Mm, that's so good, man. <laughs> that's so good. good. Because I fear the Lord. But I can't remember all the rules. Yeah. I don't want to fear the rules. Oh, oh, that's good, man. <laughs> You're right, and they all it was happening. Uh, they create. There was a book of these were God's laws, most of them. You know what I mean? And they were. They were His rules. All these rules were placed on. You can't remember all of them. They're impossible. They had no relationship with God, but they feared the rules. Yeah. They knew the rules. They knew the rules like the back of their hand. They knew. They knew what the Bible told them that they should be doing. They knew all that. But they didn't know God. They feared it. They wouldn't. They would strain their water, so they didn't swallow a gnat because they feared so bad the book of the law. And God says, Jesus told them, "But you swallowed the camel. You strained your water for the gnat, but you swallow a camel. You missed the whole point. Your fear went from fearing God." To fear in the rules. But it was wow. God who put the rules in place. Wow. Jesus, after that, Jesus told them, What's more holy? 
The, the bread on the altar or the altar? He tells him that. What's, what's more important, guys? The bread or the altar? Is, it, is the rules what's important? Or the one who's holding all the rules in place? What should we fear more? That's good, guys. Oh, that's, really that's good, good, guys. Because Abraham wouldn't have sacrificed his son if he feared the rules more than he feared God. He had wow. to fear God more than anything. I don't care about the rules. We'll break the rules. I fear God. Wow. We're breaking rules still today. Whole nother understanding. They told me I couldn't preach. I'm breaking the rules. They told Trav he couldn't teach. We're breaking the rules. Because our God doesn't care about the rules. He cares about if we fear and obey Him. <laughs> for Christ has already accomplished the purpose for what the law was given. He did away with the law. Oh, you guys think this law is more important than me? I'll do away with it. Now there is no law. Now what are you going to do? Now you're going to have to fear and follow me. Wow. And Israel was like, oh, he, he, can't, be the, he can't be the Messiah. But the Gentiles were like, they were comfortable in having a system to be saved. Yeah. It was a system that, that God didn't like. He is the system. And that's what he, he was showing. System. He is the system. That's and they created a system that says, I'm, as long as I do this, I don't have to worry about what God says anymore. I don't have to worry about the fearing God because I got these rules that are going to get me to where his promise is. But that never worked. It didn't work in the beginning. Did Adam have a rule? One. Yeah, one. One. One rule. One rule. That's all Adam had was one rule. And all it took was one little stupid question from the devil. He didn't really say you died, did he? Adam couldn't fear the rule like he feared God because he saw God. He knew God's glory. He saw God's presence. The rule is just a rule. We can break that rule. Who cares? Wow. And they were in a place and time where the rules, they didn't have mercy and grace for those rules. When you, when you slipped up and you didn't, oh, you didn't fear God the way you should, you were cast like lightning to the earth. Wow. There was no mercy. There was no grace. We are mercy and grace. We are the, the trophy of God's mercy and grace. We are what he's going to put on a shelf and say, look, guys, my mercy and grace is good. I saved everyone when they didn't deserve it, Amen. when they didn't listen to my word, when they didn't fear and obey me, when they messed up. I didn't just get rid of everybody. I made a way, people. You see? Praise God. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. For Moses writes... That the law's way of making someone right with God requires obedience to all of its commandments. <laughs> Moses said that the law's way of making a person right with God's requirements was obedience to all of its commandments. Speaking about the rules. But faith's way, so he's like, nah, but here's a little bit different, guys. But faith's way of getting right with God says, wait a minute. Faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth. Don't say 
Who will go down to the place of dead to bring Christ back to life again? In fact, it says this message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and it is in your heart. What is he saying there? He said the old way was, oh, I got to read it again. The old, Moses writes that the law's way of making person right with God. So the old way of being right with God requires obedience to all to all of the law's commandments. But he says, but faith's way of getting us right with God says, don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven and bring Christ down to earth. And don't say who will go down to the place of the dead and bring Christ back. What he's saying is, faith's way is, I, I don't have to go looking for the word of God no more. For the message is close at hand. It's on my lips and it's in my heart. I don't have to wonder about what God wants. I fear Him and I walk in His ways. Wow, this is so good. I don't have to look for a book of laws. I don't have to try and figure out what God wants. I know what God wants. I fear Him and I walk in His ways. That's my faith now. That's how I'm made right with Him. And what's His ways? When His ways, He could say, go stick your head in that trash can over there. You know, I'm just giving an example. Like right. His ways are a communication now. It's not us looking for a book to tell us His ways anymore. Right. Right. It's literally saying, God, what do you want me to do? Is this okay for me to do? Is that okay for me to do over there, God? Uh, you know, and then there's the whole, you mess up. And that's why we always got to come back and say, Lord, forgive me. I was clouded in my head. I, I doubted you in my, in my heart. I was doubting. I was in doubt. Forgive me. Make me stronger next time. Right. Help, help me to be stronger in you. But God's going to change. The world is changing. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore in His character. But He's also creating new things and making new things. If God, was, if, if God never did anything different, that's not what it means by God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His character is the same. But He created a world. There was a point where there wasn't a world. So if God just stayed exactly the same, He wouldn't have created anything new. He creates new stuff. It's not that He doesn't change. His character doesn't change. His character is always the same. His holiness is never going to change. But He likes to do new things. He likes to see babies born. He likes to see trees sprout up. He likes to change things. So He has to create a system where we don't have to keep going back to a book of law written 10,000 years ago. But we can hear His voice and we can walk with Him and be in a relationship with Him as the world changes around us. Wow. Mm. So this is the message, the very message about faith that we preach. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that He raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. As the Scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in Him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. For they have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him unless they've heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless somebody tells them? And how can they know him and not fear him? That was part of Romans. That was part of Daniel. It's true though. And how will anyone go tell anyone without being sent? For the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. So our fear comes from hearing and obeying the word of the Lord. I should know that I fear my fear when I hear him, I'm going to answer because of my fear. When I hear him, I'm going to do his work. Acts chapter nine, and we'll wrap this up real quick. We are at the end of our time here. And I think we got through pretty much everything. You know, it's uh, this is why we shouldn't be anxious for anything. And we can we can confidently wait on the Lord and wait for an answer. And we can be confident in that. We can say, okay, I feel like I should do this, but I'm not sure. Is it okay, Lord? And wait for an answer. And there's not. And honestly, we should be doing that in everything that we do. You know, out of fear of the Lord. Like, are you sure that's a good idea? And we, He'll answer you. And we dabble. Yeah. Yes, he'll he'll find a way to get through to you. Uh, he always does. There's, you can wait on. You can have confidence that the Lord will answer you and give right. you the right direction. And we read a lot of today out of the Old Testament. A lot of what we read about and we learned about was the Old Testament. It's our schoolmaster. It's teaching us. We just we just read from Romans, but to show you that this is how we're supposed to live, we're going to go to Acts chapter nine. And verse 31. Because this is the New Testament. This is the church of God. This is after Christ came, spent 40 days after he died and was resurrected, teaching them how to go out and start a church. And here we have them doing what God told them to do. And in verse 31, the church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. And it became stronger. How does the church become stronger? As the believers lived in the fear of the Lord. And with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit as it grew in numbers. That's what we want our church to be like today. Our church should live in the fear of the Lord with the encouragement of the Holy Ghost wow. as we grow in numbers. This is an eye opener. Oh, it's so good, guys. It's real good. It really is, man. Live in the fear of the Lord while we're encouraged by the Holy Spirit. Because again, the fear of the Lord and the reassurance of God's mercy. God knows that, his, that the fear of God is great. He knows his own majesty. He knows how great and powerful and wonderful he is. So his mercy 
had to be just as great and just as powerful and just as wonderful. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's end in prayer. Amen. That's good. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for this time with you today, God. We thank you so much, God, for giving us mercy and grace, Lord. And we ask you to help us to live in the fear of the Lord, God. That we will walk in your ways, God. That we will obey your commands, God. That it will be important in our lives, God. That we will write it on our hands and on our forehead and on our gates to our houses, Lord. That everywhere we go, we'll talk about it. That our kids will know it. That their grandkids will know it. That we will install the fear of the Lord on this earth today along with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Thank you. We worship you and thank you so much for doing this work in this world, Lord. Let everyone be blessed who heard this message today. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Man, that was good. That was way deeper than what I thought.